So I haven't always been a culinary professional. Believe it or not, I started my restaurant industry in front of the house, like I mentioned last time. And uh, after that, I was um, a bartender, a busser, a runner, an assistant manager, and a floor manager, assistant general manager. And the training that I got was from a different variety of different restaurants. And I remember talking to somebody on the line, and I told them that I was starting at the front of the house. And they, they're like, really? You started in the front of the house? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, threw, I went through all the positions in the front of the house, and then I went to the back. I'm one of the few people that make that switch. Usually people make the other way. It's the other way. So they start being a chef or a cook, and then they realize that you can make a lot more money being a server. So they switch over before they actually get to taste the money that a chef could make when they hit, like, executive status or whatever, upper management. But, um, so the person was like, yeah, I told him, yeah, I was a designated trainer at the Cheesecake Factory. And he kind of like laughed, like, should not something to be proud of. And I thought about that for a while, and I understand where he's coming from. But you have to understand where I'm coming from with what I'm, with what I'm about to say. So the, where I work right now is a restaurant that uh, doesn't exist. But if it did, it would make $39 million a year for the past six years or seven years before COVID, right? That's the highest single grossing restaurant in the country, like one place. I think Tao House does better than us in Vegas because they're a nightclub at night. And then in the world, they are the highest grossing steakhouse, right? So there is one restaurant somewhere in the world that isn't, that is higher than us or two or three or whatever, maybe Abu Dhabi or some shit like that. Uh, in, uh, you know, the Burj Khalifa, the Burj whatever the fuck. <laughs> But the single steakhouse, the one entity steak, we, we, nobody makes more money than us. Like nobody, period. It's like on the world, in the planet. And the training that I got for Cheesecake Factory was more extensive than the training I'm getting here. And one could, you know, argue and say that, well, because we hire already professional servers, right? Because we hire people that know what they're doing. I, the servers that I've worked with and that are working at this restaurant, I can't say that for everyone. I'm not saying that they're not. But I can't say that for every single one of them that they hire. So one of the guys, Buble asked, uh, actually, Buble asked Bobby, and I was just in the office, and I obviously just interrupted in the conversation because fuck everyone. Um, he was asking them what questions they could ask a server just to kind of get a feel for where they're at in the restaurant industry. So I said, you know, I said 86, you know, anything. What does, what does the term 86 mean? And, you know, it's funny, like, a lot of people don't know. <laughs> what do you do when someone says behind? What does that mean? What's FIFO mean? You know, like things like things, things, simple, simple things that if you were in a restaurant, no matter which position you were in, you would know these words. Like you should know these words. Because a lot of people are in the theater district was where I work or the supposed restaurant is. Um, they're bullshit. They're bullshit artists because they're actors. So they act really well. So they act like they fucking know what they're doing. Then they get the job and then they kind of pick it up from there. Fuck. I don't know what the fuck the difference between a Cabernet and a Pinot Noir is. But hey, I have Google. You know what I mean? That's it. Boom. Shakalaka. So. The, and let me just describe to you what the training in Cheesecake Factory was like for a server. So the servers would come in and, you know, you fill out your application, you, you yada, yada, yada. They tell you to come in, you know, Monday, 10 o'clock in the morning, and they give you a big piece of paper, the, the booklet to tell you what to wear, blah, 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 blah. So you have to come in in full uniform, obviously, and they used to have something called six creases, which means that there was, needs to be six creases in your uniform. Two on your pants, two on your arms. No, hang on. One, two, three, four... Seven creases, sorry. So there's um, two on your pants, front and back, one, two, three, four. Then on your arms, five, six. 
and then down your apron, which is the seventh crease. So if you didn't have those seventh creases, you couldn't work the shift. The first day you came into training, you didn't even go onto the floor. You went into a meeting room or an office where they hired like 10 or 15 people at one time. They would sit all of you and they would give you a class. You have to show up in full uniform to that class with all seven creases. The first day they'll, they'll cut you some slack and they'll be like, tomorrow you got to come in full uniform or you can't participate. If you can't participate, you're not going to work. And that's exactly how it works with actual shifts. So there's something called sharkers, which are people that will like come in on their day off and literally be there for pre-shift, which is at four o'clock every single fucking day, no matter what happens, no matter if there's rain, snow, shine. If the restaurant's closed, they'll have a fucking Skype pre-shift. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it's there. So sharkers know this. So they'll show up, you know, a little early on their day off to see if anyone's going to show up without their creases. If somebody shows up without their creases, they get to go home and the sharkers will take their shift. And believe you me, obviously the sharkers have all the creases that they need because they want money and they know what the fuck they're doing and they're competent people. And the people that get sent home with no creases are fucking idiots. Period. And that's a great way to weed out who wants to work and who doesn't want to work. At the beginning of the shift, if you don't have your shit, you get to go home. Period. I think we're going to implement that at work. That's a good one. Nice. Okay. Um, so then you have a class and you're the, the GM or one of the managers gives you a um, presentation of every single dish on the menu on, in a slideshow. So they have a slideshow and they explain everything and blah, 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 blah. And then they ask you simple questions about it the next day or the day of just to make sure you're paying attention. So it wasn't like, what, what is the ninth component of the, the recipe in the Madeira sauce? It's not like that hard. It's just like, what's, what's, what wine is in the Madeira sauce? You know, like, oh, Cabernet. Get the fuck out of my house. You know what I mean? So like... It was extensive. It really was. Before you even hit the floor, you had a week's worth of knowledge that was bombarded at you. And mind you, when they showed you these pictures and these slideshows of these food items, they after you went over it, they would bring it out. So you got to taste every single item on the menu, period. Every, and the Cheesecake Factory menu has a fucking like 400 items. So you were fed really well that week. And, but that, that was them investing in you because by the time we hit the floor, I required no further training. Like I had already been, a, I already been a server in Legal Seafoods and two other places. I think it was like Chili's or some other shit before that. But when the time I was done with the training for cheesecake, and I hit the floor as a follower, so I would follow the person. You know, you do a follow shift. I didn't need that person. I just needed to figure out how to use the computer a little bit more because they actually do teach you the computer, but not too much. So I just had to figure out how to bring stuff in. And once I did that, I didn't need to follow. I, you know, it was, it, was, it was so easy because the training was so extensive and the effort was put in ahead of time. And also, they paid you, I think they paid you, they didn't pay you the, work, the server salary. They paid you like a regular salary, like, what, like four, 15 bucks an hour or something like that while you're training. And then after you started making tips. So for the people that are, that, that's a great way to weed out the people that don't want to work there either because it's a week worth of not working is just sitting there in class. So it would be, it, you, you would have to be a stupid ass to sit through class and then quit. Usually people would quit as they're fucking doing that. So they wouldn't even have to put them on a schedule and then take them off. So that's something to be taken out of the Cheesecake Factory book. And to tell you the truth, I'm, I, the reason that he was, was like scoffed at it is because the Cheesecake Factory isn't considered to be a prestigious restaurant. Although their company makes way more money than our company, I'm pretty sure, put together, like combined. They have the Grand Lux, Cheesecake Factory, whoever else, whatever else they have, makes a lot more money than our company, our umbrella company. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said for that. Like they, they invest in every single person that they're paying, what, $3 an hour to, or well, it was, now it's a little bit more, $7 an hour to. Bussers, servers, all of them. I think the bussers training isn't as extensive as the servers because you don't have to actually know the menu, but the runners is, and the servers are actually the runners themselves. So what happens is there was no runners. There wasn't a runner team. There wasn't a, a separate person that ran and bussed at the same time. The servers were the runners, meaning every shift, 
every like twice a week you would get a running shift meaning that you would have to be a runner on the floor instead of a server and some some servers were mostly runners you know what i mean so they didn't get too many server shifts because they didn't like them they liked running shifts and then if you were the shift leader was you're controlling of you're you're in control of the runners, so you're like their ball. You get to cut them, you get to get who cut whoever you want. So they give they would put power in the hands of a server that you know that could cut people like like when they're done, you know, send them home early or whatever. The closer was the closer, and believe you me, when they checked when they checked you out for closing, it was insane. It was insane how fucking thorough these people were, man. They wore gloves, my guy, gloves, and they would fucking wipe your shit. And if there was found dust on it, they'd be like, wipe the whole table again. And you can't say no because you get fired and you stop making the money. So the place that I work at now is nowhere near that. And yes, we're probably a little bit short-staffed in terms of management. Um, a couple of people are new, but it doesn't, shouldn't, it's not because of that. It's because of the system. It's not the people that are broken. It's the system that's broken. The system is not in place for all these people that are even when they're hired to be able to go through these rigorous training processes and know exactly what's going on. So I would have to explain to a server why the fuck her onion rings need to be rang in as entree because if they're not ringing as entree, it goes to the computer and to the apps ticket and it, nobody knows to make it for an entree, especially if they have 300 tickets and the guy doesn't have time to read it. In fact, it's not even on his ticket, uh, the expo. It just goes to the appetizers thing. Why? Because the computer's messed up. That's easy. Is, is, it, is the computer error easy to fix? Yes, if you were the IT guy that's in Texas fucking hacking into OnlyFans accounts, but you're not. So you have to call him, ask him kindly to stop jerking off for two seconds, wipe off his keyboard, and just hit the button that you need to hit for my onion rings to go to both printers. But you can't ever get his phone because it's busy because he's hacking into fucking OnlyFans accounts. You know, it's 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 kind of ridiculous. The company is so big and they're making so much money that they are they're spreading very, very thin. And there's a large turnover rate because people always get promoting in, into the new like new positions, but they're getting promoted into new positions without finishing what they were doing in the old positions. So it's just like uh, it's like a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer of like nicely constructed restaurant systems, but unfinished. So it, there's just like it, there's like 75 systems that are unfinished in this place, and there's not, it's it's not bad. It's just a little bit chaotic. And when you're first, when you when you're there in the beginning, you have to realize what's real and what's bullshit. And it's it's kind of like contradictory and I guess like a hypocrite hypocritical but it's something to be said for order or order in a system you know you can't manage people you go nuts you have to manage a system you have to make a system and manage make sure that system is working properly not the people that are in it so you can't blame Bobby because he didn't do this you have to blame the person who is responsible for Bobby to do that or the person who outlined Bobby's tasks to do that and if their outlines were the tasks were outlined according to the system and then Bobby still didn't do it then you talk to Bobby and say Bobby look what don't you understand about the system oh I was too just a little tired like what don't you understand about uh, like Jerome what don't you understand about where you have to wear a hat to work every day or you can't work well I don't understand what's so hard to understand about that just wear your hat every day to work or don't work period you need a new hat you okay here's a new hat the next one's gonna be 10 bucks that's it you lose another hat, 10 bucks. 10 bucks to work for the day. Then you can work for the day. I'll give you 10 bucks. You buy a hat. Then you have two hats. Then you won't lose them as much. Maybe the next day you come in with no hat, you pay me another 10 bucks. Fuck, I can make hats for 30 cents a piece. I'll be making $7 profit on every one. But like, I mean, sorry, $7, $9.70 on every one. But the point is, is that people don't, held, don't hold accountable the system. And the system has to be strict. 
Meaning, if you're going to fill out a closing list, right, for the closers, it has to be done every day. It can't not be done on Saturday because it's a really busy day. Because then what's going to happen is people are going to be like, well, it was a really busy day on Sunday, too. So what is there, a cover count that determines when we're going to fucking stop doing the list and stop? No, it has to be every day. And it's a pain in the ass on Saturdays. Maybe on Saturdays you do have more than one person do it. Shit, you know, two people on tasks finish the closing list. But Cheesecake Factory has a structure and a system set up for specifically for that reason. Is for the by the time the guys even or the girls get to the floor, the thin ones, I mean the weak ones are, are weeded out, the herd is thin, and the few ones that are there, one know one, know what they're doing, two want to do it, and three have already been studying this specific locations or specific restaurants menu. You know what I mean? 